Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Take two. Hello, wake up. This is your host, David Dodge, and I am joined today by a friend, a fellow masterminder. And uh, today we're going to just jump in and talk about a couple different random topics. But uh, today I got Alan Beal on the line. Did I say your last name right? That was perfect. Okay, got it. Alan Beal. Alan is uh, one of the founders of REI Game Changers. I've been seeing some of your guys' ads from your from your partner James. I know you guys are growing uh, an awesome uh, uh, group on Facebook and community. And Alan, you you're out of West Texas, right? That's exactly right. Super pumped, David, to be on. And uh, you and I are on a first name basis, so we don't even have to know how to pronounce each other's last names. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So the, uh, what city are you out of in West Texas? Where, where are you located? At? I, I live in Midland right now. And where, where the hell's Midland at, man? Where's that at? Exactly. No, exactly. It's in the middle of nowhere. Okay. So Midland is, uh, about five hours West of Dallas. Okay. So is, how big of a city is that? Uh, there's the total MSA of this area is probably, uh, total MSA is probably 300, 350,000 maybe at the okay. most. So that's a, that's a decent sized city. Yeah. That's sure. awesome. And you guys are doing, um, you're doing real estate investing in Midland, but also you guys are doing deals in the entire state of Texas, which is like the size of some countries. It, it, bigger than a lot of countries. It's bigger than a lot of countries. That's right. So you guys are doing deals all over the place. Alan, again, thanks for coming on the show today, man. I know you're going to be providing tons of value to our audience, our listeners. Um, and again, I, just, I really just got to know you just recently at the most recent mastermind, but I'm really happy that we're able to connect today and really just talk real estate. You know, we went into this without uh, a whole lot of direction on this particular podcast. But uh, again, I think there's a couple different things that we can talk about. So you were asking about my deal and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but before we get to that, you had mentioned that you are doing deals all over Texas. And my first response was, holy cow, that's awesome. You're doing some virtual wholesaling. How do you like it? And then you responded, well, it's not really so much virtual. So dude, you got to elaborate on that for me. What, what do you, what, what's going on? Sure, David. Yeah, we've done deals every which way that you can do it, I feel like. So we built a company where we kind of had a passion for doing boots on the ground uh, deals. So of course we can run the marketing, as you know, you can run the marketing department from anywhere. Right. And you can, that's anybody can, thing. That's the isn't thing. it great? Yeah, I love that. It's great. And you can lock deals up over the phone and or however people do it. We, we've done it every way that you can possibly do it. But we built out a company pretty quickly where we had boots on the ground and in like four different markets around the state of Texas. So and and kind of a unique thing that we did, uh, not just acquisitions on the ground, but uh, dispositions boots on the ground as well. So, yes, we've done that. There's things about it that we that we liked and things about it that we didn't. And, and we've tweaked it over the over the years that we've done this. OK, so tell me how your guys is, you know, how it's different, because, you know, typically when it's virtual, people, you know, 
they have a couple different approaches, a couple different strategies, right? They'll, they'll find somebody that is their boots on the ground, you know, and they'll basically pick a market, right? Like, so, you know, like you may have somebody that's on the West coast that, you know, does virtual deals in, you know, a, a particular city, right? Like, like my city, for example, St. Louis, right? Where I live. Um, but with you guys being, you know, doing deals all over Texas, that would require you to have like a lot of people on the ground, right? Like, so how, how are you managing that? How does that work? Yeah, well, we've recently we've recently tweaked some things where we didn't need quite as many boots on the ground because you're exactly right. It was a lot of people to manage. I mean, and if you got if you if you want to do deals in Houston, Dallas, and Austin, just those are the three big cities that come to mind, right? When I think of Texas, right? Right. Houston, Dallas, and Austin. And, you know, right. essentially those cities are not close together. Right. So, like you'd have to have an individual at each location. Right. To have those boots on the ground. So again, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please, you know, by all means, um, I'm just trying to just trying to understand. So there's two different ways you can do it. If you're going to go boots on the ground, you can pick your market and then find people with job ads, with Facebook posts, whatever. Um, you can find people who can work for you in those markets, or you can take your network that you already have and people that are already wanting to work with you, and you can purposefully choose to work in the market that they're already living in. So, and most people don't think of that second option. So that's the way that, that's actually the way that we did it is we took our network of people who were seeing what we were doing. You guys that are doing the in, reverse virtual wholesale. <laughs> the reverse, reverse. Kind of, kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, that's how we ended up with boots on the ground was it, it was much more organic and from warm network, which we're definitely a big believer in. I, I'm assuming, you know, you've experienced what we've experienced is a lot of times really difficult to hire a plus human beings and a plus players who are cold. You don't know them, you know? Yeah, man. That's, that is the most challenging thing for sure. Very, very difficult. Yeah. So that's the route that we went. We were able to grow from, you know, from scratch up to like 13 or 14 full-time employees pretty quickly and uh, went to doing hundred percent wholesale deals, like basically changed kind of my business life around and said, I'm doing no more flipping, you know, and rehabbing and stuff. And I'm not accumulating more rental properties as I had done for many years. And like, we're going to build this wholesaling company. And James and I had met and we're like, we're going to build this wholesaling company and we're going to scale it up and we're going to focus and so from that point, from scratch of having no marketing turned on, no personnel, uh, within about six months or seven months, we had, you know, boots on the ground in three or four different markets. And um, in that, and then in the first year, I believe we did about 1.1 million in revenue. And then uh, in the first 18 months, we hit the 2 million in revenue mark. Um, so we definitely That's were awesome. onto some things. Congrats, man, you guys are crushing it. Yeah. So that was, that was, you know, a couple of years ago. And since then we've, we just keep evolving. I'm sure you're the same way. Like we're always tweaking things and trying different things and like which markets are most profitable, which marketing channels are most profitable, uh, which personnel do we want to keep on and who needs to kind of move on to something different mm -hmm. um, and so on, right? We're always tweaking processes and people. Mm -hmm. Man, I love it. I love it. So you had mentioned that uh, you are no longer doing like, you know, fix and flip a rental acquisition. Um, I love that you are focused on just the wholesaling focus is so important, right. And in, 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 in anything, right. But specifically in, uh, in real estate investing, you know, focusing is going to allow you the ability to, to grow exponentially fast. Right. So before though, you had some rentals, tell me a little bit about your rental portfolio. 
Sure. No, my wife and I have been collecting rental properties for, um, goodness gracious, since bless you. Uh, we've been, we've been collecting rental properties, um, since 2007 okay, and nice. just very slowly. Yeah. Just very slowly, very gradually, um, uh, nicer, nicer properties and nicer areas that we would live in. Uh, it's kind of the more the method that we did it. There wasn't a lot of planning that went into it. We just kind of, I don't know if you're the same way, but knowing you as well as I do, I feel like you're probably the same. I mean, things just kind of dominoes start falling and things happen and you make a decision. And you're like, this is what we're going to do. And so that's what we started doing. And I think by, so from 2007 or really 2008 until, which is when we got started, we flipped our first house, David, in 2005. And then our first rental property was 2007, 2008. And then from then until uh, 20, it took until 2016, we were making enough money off just single family residential rentals um, to have like had more than enough cash flow. I think we had about double the amount of cash flow that we needed to live on. And then I started flipping full time, like, all right, I'm mean, now I'm going to go all in on flipping. And so then from 2016 until 2018 uh, or 2019 was flipping full time. And then, um, so anyway, I feel like I've kind of done it in reverse order from how most people do it, right? They usually go wholesaling, flipping rentals, and which is yeah, what just we're because trying to do the wholesaling is the easiest barriers to entry typically. Yeah. Right. And the rentals require good credit. They require low debt to income ratio. They require uh, tax, you know, tax filings for two to three years. Yeah. So you, you did, you definitely did it backwards, bro. <laughs> we did it backwards, but that's part of where, and you nailed it as far as focus. Like we, what, what I've learned over all the years of doing different things, right. We've all done different things. This isn't the only thing that any of us have ever done. Right. So of course you learn from doing so many different things and different people. And so it's like, wait, if I could just focus, like if I could take all of my bandwidth, because it's not just about time, everybody looks at time and they look at money but what about your capacity? Like, what about your mental and emotional bandwidth? And what if I could take this cannon that I've been given by God and point it in one direction and focus? And it's amazing because you, as you know, you can make a hundred, 200 plus thousand dollars a month wholesaling. And focus. yet, and yet people talk about it like, like that's just a horrible thing if you're not picking up at least one rental property, you know, and it's like, man, that's a lot of cash. Like that might be worth focusing on for a little while. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. Absolutely. So you guys are focused 100% on the wholesaling. You are in, what'd you say? You're in Midland, which has got a decent population, but I, I still consider that to be a very small city. Um, but then again, you guys have branched out to leverage your network, which is amazing, uh, to doing deals all over Texas. So the approach, and I don't think I've heard this yet, you know, from anybody, but I really like your approach. Your approach was let's not pick a city and then try to find a, a player there. Let's just try to find the A players. And then depending on where they're at, that's where we're going to do our marketing. I mean, did I get that right? So um, who, not how? There you go. Who, right. not how. I think you just named our podcast episode. Who, not how. There you go. We did it, David. <laughs> I, I, we always figure it out somewhere in it. that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your guys' marketing, right? Um, I'm curious to see what your guys are doing. 
as well as what is giving you guys the best return on your investment. This podcast here is all things real estate. We typically um, kind of start with the wholesaling, right? Because again, it's the easiest way to get into real estate, to do deals with little to no money. The catch is, guys, I am super transparent. The catch is it requires time and money to get the lead. But once you get the deal, you can typically flip the property with little to no money, right? Um, but, you know, it's all about the marketing. So that's where I want to go with this conversation next. What's your guys' best marketing methods? What's working and what are you doing? Good question. So we are believers that are, do you want me to speak like to the beginners right now or Any, anybody and everybody, man, just okay. fill us in. Yeah. What cool. you got? Cool. So we are, we take more of what we call like an omnipresence approach, which we learned from one of our marketing mentors who is a very high profile person who's, you know, privately coached us. So when we think about it, what we want is when people think about selling their house, I want them to think about us. So what would that look like? And what's the name of your acquisitions company? Real quick? I, I got to interrupt. To be honest, we don't even brand. We don't even brand with our, the name of our company. So that's another kind of little secret sauce that we do. I don't know if anybody else wants to use this out there, but we, we are not branding with the company. We're branding with the names of our acquisitions people. So what I want is I want them to approach. Yeah. I want them thinking about, Hey, Oh, that's the local, like we're the local people that are local investors that are buying houses very much more low key. We're not trying to big time people. Now, maybe that's a Texas, maybe that's a regional thing. I, I don't, so take it for what it's worth, but we are, we've taken more of the, of a smaller town approach of, Hey, I'm the local dude that buys houses. Right. And okay. not big time. So when you guys are doing your marketing, you're, you're doing something that is going to like have like the face on the postcard and you're, and you're, just, uh, you're, you're holding up now. The audience doesn't know this. You're holding up one of your own postcards with your own face. It was just beautiful and handsome, by the way. Yeah. You like that? Thanks, man. So, you know, well, then you know what I'm getting at. There you are. There you are. So you're doing what we're talking about. You're the local dude buying houses. Like, Hey, I'm just a local guy looking for my next house to buy. Is that about right? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, our, we, our acquisitions company is called house sold easy. So on our postcard, it does say householdeasy.com very small. Yeah. And then it has my email, <laughs> which is David at house sold easy. But other yeah. than that, it doesn't have house sold easy branded anywhere on here. It's just a picture of me. And it says, uh -huh. Hey, I'm Dave, you know, give me a call for a no obligation <laughs> offer. I mean, it's very, it's, it's actually pretty basic. So Dave, okay. So think about this. Now I don't know if I should call you Dave or David, because that's even more laid back. Like, I love this, like, Hey, I'm Dave. So I don't know if everybody's catching this, but that's what I'm getting at. And, and interestingly, yeah, it's not that, like, it's not like, you know, this big corporation and I just work for it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Hey, I'm, I'm ABC house buyers and I'm like the most credible, amazing, massive company of all time. I have unlimited funds. <laughs> I can just buy anything I want and look at me. I'm going to roll up in my Ferrari. Like it's not a good idea in my humble opinion for very many people to try that approach. Right. So uh, so great question. I mean, we, so we're, we're taking more of that approach and it, of course we've got landing pages and we've got stuff, but we really try to not focus on that. And by the way, little, little nugget, little side note, you won't get bashed online as much if you're not sticking your company name out there so much. Yeah. Right. That's a great point too. I love that. That's a really good point. 
Because when we're coming at these people with direct mail, SMS, cold calling, uh, Facebook ads, <laughs> PPC stuff, SEO stuff, right? And radio and, uh, and TV ads. Like, so when we're coming at these people from every angle and, and usually we're coming at them, right? Like usually it's outbound marketing. Yes, we do direct mail, but uh, we do PPC, we do TV, radio, whatever, but which is not as aggressive. But when you're coming at these people on their cell phones and on their home phones, with and, and into their mailboxes with marketing and they're getting really upset with you. Don't be surprised when they're coming after you online. Right. No, I totally, totally understand that. So let's talk about the types. You said direct mail, PPC, yes. radio and TV. What am I missing? Uh, SMS, cold calling, uh, voice broadcast, RVM. So yep. we're to the point now, David, where we do we do all of those things uh, at any given time. Like right now, TV's not on. TV will be back on soon, or what? But you know what I mean. Like there's things where we kind of tweak things, and okay, we need to revisit this. But um, and we Facebook ads as well. I don't know if you listed that, but we when you're doing that, like when you're coming at people from that many different angles, we found it super effective to do exactly what it sounds like you guys do, which is like, hey, I'm Alan buying houses here, been doing it for a long time, looking for my next house to buy. Didn't know if you were interested. If not, no big deal. Yeah, we try to make it personal, just like that. Absolutely. Yep. So to me, it's always a balance between being personable, but being professional. None of us are wanting to, we're not saying come across as unprofessional. Of course but, not. Oh no, of course not. Yeah. But you want to make it more personal Then you're not, you're not talking to an entity. You're talking to me. And yeah, I own an entity that I'm going to be making the offer in. But again, you're talking to me. Not, a, not the company, right? So, yep. or, or, or another way to word that is, I am the company, right? It's exactly. Not, you're not going to get another person when you call back next time. It's always going to be me, right? And isn't that interesting? I'm sure, okay, then you get this. Like, I'm sure you get this too. People are like, well, what, what company are you with? We don't, we don't close, looking back on hundreds of deals that are closed now, if you were to go back and listen to the original phone conversation or the original text message, a lot of, we don't get a lot of deals that end up closing where the homeowner's attitude was like, what company are you with? You know, it's like, what it I'm with me. Like I'm, I already told you I'm the, like, I already said it. Like, are you not listening or do right. you not, or, or are you really just, you're upset and you want to know who you can go after because you're tired of us calling you or right. whatever. And, right. but the point, the point in saying that is interesting is usually people do business with people. Oh yeah. Not, not companies. Right. So right. why are so many wholesalers out there or just marketers and lead generators? Why are there so many of them out there thinking it's all about the website? It's all about the landing. It's all about the name of your company or, um, and leading with that. Like, and I'm so glad that we didn't really have a topic because this is morphed into such a great conversation. I love this particular topic. You don't need all these fancy things. You don't. I love, man. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you. P please proceed. But no. I, I love where you're going with this. Though. I love it when you hold up a postcard <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. Right. Totally, maybe that's part of why he's had so much success. Right. Um, here's another question that I have. That's interesting to me as a sales. So I have more of a sales background. Uh, James, my business partner has more of a marketing background. I think that's part of why we've done pretty well together. Mm -hmm. um, now, does he live in Midland with you? Yes. Cool. So you guys are in the same market that makes it easy. You probably share an office. We're in the office right now. 
Perfect. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's, he's in another room hiring a couple, a couple new salespeople right now. Hell yeah. I like it. Man. That's what's yeah. up. That's what's so, up. Um, so anyway, so tell me this as a, as somebody, and it sounds like you're the same way has, has a bit of a sales background. It, the stuff that we're talking about right now, is that marketing or is that sales? Ooh, well, I think it's more sales. Well, it's, it depends, man. It's, it's, it's a little <laughs> bit of both. I mean, all the topics like the direct mail, the pay-per-click, the radio, the TV, the SMS, the cold calling, the RVM, and the Facebook, those are all different types of marketing. But yeah. how you position it when you're on the phone with somebody, I think that's more sales. So I don't know if I answered your question. That's actually well, even really the mail piece, that's a, that's, a, that's a loaded question for sure. It's a loaded question. Like even the mail piece that you showed and the stuff, the verbiage that we're talking about to put on your mail piece or the verbiage that you put into your text messages or what do your cold callers say when they yeah, call? Yeah, I feel like that's more sales. Whereas the, the act of sending this postcard is the marketing. Itself. Exactly. But, so they, then, but the verbiage that's on here. And the exactly and that stuff that's the that's sales so yeah I, again i love where you're going with this exactly so why are people so everybody's so obsessed with marketing and i'm like okay let me coach you up this i i gotta you know the marketing the and the marketing is really the easy part it's either time that's or the money. easy part it's that's and usually part. once you're once you're you know past about 10 or so deals you wisen up and you hire virtual assistants or you automate the marketing by paying for it right it's you yeah. know, typically in the beginning, people trade time for it, you know, but I'm so lazy that I would rather write a check all day and automate that marketing. So, yeah. 100%. And it and it can get expensive, but we're this, we're building a business, which is something I hope we end up talking about. Right. The mindset of building a business versus That's where we're all employed. Right. Yes. So if 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 marketing is the easy part, like you just said. Why do you, cause you know, you're, and by the way, I hope your audience is appreciative of what you do, David, I've heard your, your stuff. And first of all, super fun. Like <laughs> who doesn't love to have fun, but it, we love that. So, and you're putting this content out there for free. I mean, I mean, you're not charging anything, right? No, no, this is a podcast. This will also hit YouTube and this is free, right? So, you know, the number one goal here is to provide as much value to the listeners um, and the, you know, the audience, the listeners, the viewers, obviously I like to use this time, not only to teach people the stuff that I know, but to get to know other investors better, just like I'm doing with you right now. And it is super rare that I'll do one of these shows where I don't learn something or, or at the very minimum, it's refreshing my, my brain of the importance of that particular topic. Cause you know, even us guys yeah. that are, you know, I consider myself to be a veteran at this, even though I've only been doing it full time for like six or seven years, you know, but like oftentimes, like you, you got, you got to remind yourself that you got to get back to the basics. Yeah. Like no leads are coming in guys. Do some marketing. <laughs> you don't if have a nothing's business. closing. Follow up on the leads that you already have. <laughs> I mean, like it sounds so incredibly simple, but like you got to be reminded of this stuff sometimes. So yeah, lead, lead with value. Definitely use the time to connect. Um, and then of course, you know, just trying to help as many people as we possibly can too. So and that, again, and that's what yeah, we're grateful to have you on, man. And that's what, well, and that's what we're passionate about. The reason I was asking that, I just hope that your audience is appreciative of everything that you do and the time that you put into this and bringing on people. And I mean, I, I, I get a lot out of it. I appreciate it. So if, so if everybody that's listening, you're, you know, they, everybody wants to know about marketing. You said that. 
And yet like 95% of what we call marketing is actually sales. <laughs> so, yeah. And you know what? It's funny because we group it all together as marketing, but you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's, it, those are two different things. Yeah. So it, it, like we joke about this now, luckily I've got, I got my man James on board because he's in charge of marketing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you hinted at this, David, like he spent, he's in charge of marketing for our, for our real estate company. One of the reasons he's in charge of the marketing is because he invests roughly one to two hours a month on the marketing and that's his involvement. And it's fantastic. Um, I, that's the great thing about it, right? Like you said, you can hire other people, you can outsource things and you can cause leads to come into the company. Congratulations. Now, what do you do? So as far as marketing, yes, we do all those things. Our best performing things probably on, you know, you talked about ROI. Everybody wants to talk about ROI. Nobody wants to talk about return on time invested. You mentioned, so nobody wants to talk about ROTI. ROT, that's right. So everybody's like, what's your highest return on investment? I'm like, well, probably SMS and cold calling. As we all know, that's why they're so popular right now. Yep. But it's who's so going to do that for you? Yeah, they're right, so but, it, but it's time though. Right, right. Yeah, and there's a huge difference between you sitting down for eight hours and, and cold calling, cold SMS and versus paying a virtual assistant anywhere from four to $10 an hour to mm -hmm. do those efforts for you. And then at the end of the day, you haven't you know, spent eight hours. You may only spend 10, 20, 30 minutes going through the three to five to 10 somewhat yeah. qualified leads yeah. And not all that junk and time consuming stuff. So yeah, a hundred percent, man. So I you're, am, so you're I am such a, pro, such a supporter, a proponent. Uh, I can't even think of the right verbiage of leveraging other people's time. Cause that's the yeah. most valuable thing, man. I mean, especially for us guys that are having success. I know you have tremendous success and I, I feel like I have pretty good success, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like making more money is great and all, but really like what's more important than that is just the, the, having the time freedom, you know, like I probably work, I don't know about you, but I probably work five or six hours a day, you know, but I'm really only like efficient for like two of those. Right. <laughs> but I'm definitely not working like eight or nine hours a day, you know, and it's usually <laughs> four, maybe, maybe five days a week, but it's definitely not seven. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, time, man, time, time carries so much value. So exactly. So you and I are in such agreement that you and I are both having trouble having the words to describe what we're talking about here. Right. Like this is, so it's possible for you to hire a cold caller, for example, and your, your ROI would technically get lower. It would actually get worse because you have more overhead. Yeah, right. You're, you're right. Immediately. It's going to get it's going to get worse. Get worse, man. I, this is such a great point. Okay, I love this. but then, but then your return on time invested would go like through the roof. It'd be so much higher. Like it'd be so much better. Right. So, and then as we know, because we're building a business here where other people sit in seats so that we can leverage and have leverage and have something that happens without us having to be the one to do it. Then, as we build that out, then hopefully our ROI can start to catch up with our ROTI, but. Which one do you value more and how are you? Yeah, and even started? if your ROI goes down a little bit and your ROTI goes way up, in my opinion, you're better off. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's going to depend on those exact numbers there, right? But like, yeah. let's use a more of a real world example for, you know, somebody listening or watching to kind of comprehend. So okay. here in St. Louis, our average wholesale deal is about $7,800. And again, that's, okay. that's, you know, that's kind of low compared to most markets. For the national Some markets are double low. that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's where we're kind of at. Now, the, the average cost of the marketing is typically somewhere around 1800. So you take 7800 minus the 1800 and that puts you at uh 6 grand if I if I if I'm doing my math right here. Uh Right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so but if I'm spending 40 hours a week, you know, of my time plus that that $1800 versus if I'm only spending 10 hours of my time a week plus mm-hmm. that money Again, you're gonna have, you're gonna have a a little bit lower ROI, but you're gonna have a way crazy ROTI return on that. And what could you do? Investment. And what could you do? And then what do we do as business? What do we always do as business owners with that time? We go build something else. We go build something else, or we make we're gonna build another process better, or find someone else that can do it better and more efficiently. Or Or how do I do it cheaper? How do I do it less time? Yep. Yes. Or we're going to onboard another cold caller and invest time in that so that we can build more leverage. And then we're going to onboard another cold caller or another SMS person, or we're going to start another marketing channel. And that's going to be another big time investment up front. And then, and your ROI is going to be lower because you're outsourcing things that cost money, but then you're just tacking on these arms of your marketing department of your company that will pay dividends over time. Mm-hmm. Right because we're freeing up our time. And so when people talk about, I, I, I apologize, I know that's not what you were asking about, but when people talk about return on investment, there's so many variables that determine what the ROI, what, and, you, and you're not even talking about ROI, you're talking about marketing ROI, as we know that we have other overhead too. Yeah, and the other so, stuff that we're working on. Yep, absolutely. So we're ta- everybody wants to talk about what's the highest ROI. And it's like, well, it depends who's doing it. Because if I do it, the ROI is going to be really high. I can lock up deals. Like all you get, just get me in front of somebody and I'll take my chances. Like I'm going to lock up a deal, but is it worth, like you said, is it worth it? Did that end up taking 20 hours or 40 hours total time by the time that deal got to the finish line or whatever. So my ROI would be, you know, pretty high. My closing ratio would be pretty high. I'd probably be pretty good at sending out SMS stuff. Um, And you would too, if not great, like you'd probably be great. You'd probably be one of the best in the country at it because you know how to communicate with people. But as an owner of a company and as a leader, can we equip, can we, can we hire, train and equip other people to do those things so that we can continue to do what we're great at, which is continue scaling the company? I can't agree more. You nailed it. And you know, my, I have a really good team of cold callers and, um, and virtual assistants that help us with so many things, right? Um, and I have some friends that, you know, they pay their callers double what I pay mine, but their callers are basically on us soil. They don't necessarily have an accent and mine do a little bit. Now they speak English very well and they're very polite and they're, and they have great energy, but of course there's going to be a little accent there and I'm going to lose people because of that. And I, and I get it. I know it. Right. But at the same time, I'm looking for those people that are so motivated anyway that they don't, they're going to look past that. 
And if somebody yeah, is yeah. somewhat motivated, but they don't like that, again, I know there's going to be a couple that slip to the cracks. But again, my approach is, you know, again, if they're not, if they are truly motivated, they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to give the information that's needed to where we're going to get that lead in the system. And then we're going to set the appointment and call from there. So yes, 100%. And David, you're so as far as marketing, if we can just give some nuggets to people, because I'm sure they're like, Alan's not giving us any like, how, how do I do it? Oh, what yeah, do I you're do? giving all kinds of nuggets, bro. But please, by all oh. means. How, I mean, here's the thing with when it comes to marketing, when and by the way, the other thing we call it marketing, and this is another pet peeve of mine. And, it, and what we're actually talking about is lead generation. Mm -hmm. Lead generation is very different from marketing. Like so marketing, when we talk marketing, we're talking the numbers, the data, the, the strategy, like, what are we going to do? When are we going to do it? How much are we going to do? And all that stuff, but lead generation when it, so cold calling SMS, all these things, what we're really trying to do is generate leads. And so when it comes to that stuff, that's lead the entire point of the marketing is to generate leads. I just want to, I just want to emphasize that and repeat and, and just yes. take a second before we move on, because that, that right there is such a good point, right? Like don't marketing. Get so like cause, like, you know, why would you do the marketing, right? It's to gain a lead 100%. So yeah. Please, and then once please. the leads, yeah. and then once the leads come in, the other 95% of making money <laughs> is the sales process. It's the sales process. Yeah. The marketing process is actually, I mean, now that you, you put it that way, the, the marketing process is incredibly simple. It's just the act of getting your message out in front of people. That's it. And yeah. how you go about doing it is, and then there's like, there's a, there's a, there's a, I mean, there's, there's a hundred ways, right? I mean, we actually have a course 50 plus ways to find off market deals. You know what I'm saying? That's just, so we, we come up with 50 ways and every one of those ways we've done to come across a deal. So it's not just imaginary ways. These are proven strategies, right? <laughs> but you're absolutely right. The marketing is really just the act of getting your message out and the result of that is to gain a lead. Now, I want to take this even one step farther, Alan. Um, at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is to get the seller on the phone. And it doesn't matter if they call you from your marketing efforts to then create the lead or if you call them, right? It doesn't matter if you're doing television or radio or online ads. The, the goal is to get them on the phone, is it not? Yes. Always. You've got, even if you're texting. It's still the next step is a phone call. It's it's it always to get them on the phone. I've I've maybe bought one or two houses ever from somebody that I didn't get a phone call first. Like yep. they were like they just truly didn't want to, and they're like, "I'll meet you," and you still got to go out and meet them, of course, you know. But but yeah, I mean, it's always you know the the bottom of that funnel essentially is get them on the phone, and then from there it turns into sales. Yes. Oh, I love this. You're speaking my language. So <laughs> that's right. In the hundreds and hundreds of deals, I believe we're the same. I think we've only closed one or two ever where we didn't have them on the phone. Yeah, you hadn't, hadn't actually listened to their voice and talked to them, right? I mean, we, I've done one with a lady that like lived in a different state and I don't know if she was deaf or mute or what. <laughs> and we did the whole thing with, via email and fax. But like, that's like one out of like 600 deals that we've done, right? So it's like, 99.999% yeah. of these guys, the ultimate goal is to get the seller on the, excuse me, on the phone. And, and that's, yes. that's the marketing part of it, but you're right. That's only like 5% of the process. Yeah. The other 95% is the sales. <laughs> it's convincing them that you're credible, 
and that you can provide value to them by, by, and again, you know, the way I look at it, I oversimplify this, I know, but the way I look at it is all we're really doing is providing convenience in exchange for a discount. That, that's really yeah. it. That's right. That's exactly right. And so my point in saying all that, David is, and I'm sure your point's the same thing is let's not get too caught up on the marketing and all that stuff. If, especially if you're newer, if you're doing marketing and lead generation and it's not working, if you're doing cold calling, SMS, PPC, SEO, Facebook, what radio TV, whatever you're doing, direct mail, if you're doing any of those things and we do all those things and you're not getting enough deals, then you either, there's really only two options. You either need to do more, which with our clients, uh, what we see typically, I'm sure you see the same thing, is they're not doing enough or they're not doing it consistently enough. It's, it's both of those combined, typically, but yeah. Or both. Mm-hmm. Or you are, and this is the thing that just, it just, it just gets me, David, like my pet peeve is, or you're doing, you're getting leads. So here's what we joke about with our company. Um, leads comes in. It's like, congratulations, marketing department. You did your job. Great, great job. And so what happens after that? So you're either not doing enough lead generation activities, uh, if you're not getting enough leads, or if you're getting leads and you are not closing deals, there's going to come a point where you're going to start needing to invest time and money into you, into yourself to become a better sales gradually a better salesperson at least gradually or a better leader and I, you know i think leadership i think sales is leadership mm-hmm. and I, like so we got to become a better salesperson or a better leader we need more audios we need to get around people that know how to close deals that have a history of closing deals and that's where now if you get if you got five leads like don't come to me and say alan i you know what you're right i got five leads and i went over oh, 5 that's not enough. <laughs> you need to go to your marketing department. Yeah. E- even the best sales guys aren't going to always have success on just five leads. It's just not necessarily enough. Right. It's not I enough. totally agree. Yeah. It's not enough. You've got to be talking to the right person. You have to right. be talking to the right people. So that, and, and every, you're right. Every, every great salesperson knows that as well. Now, most great salespeople are always going to blame the marketing department for all of their problems. Uh, but yeah, yeah you're bringing me crap leads. Yeah. So on and so forth. But at the end of the day, it's most likely that you're the people aren't, aren't, it's the sales part that's lacking, not the marketing part. Yes. Yeah. And that's why we got to know our numbers. So we're big at REI game changers. We are big, big, big time at getting people set up on systems to know their numbers every day, every week, every month, they know their numbers. So you can keep an eye on, okay, what's likely to be the problem here. Is it marketing? Is it lead generation? Is it our messaging? It could, cause it could be, it could be the messaging stuff that we were talking about earlier, or is it our lead? Is it my lead manager? Was it something with a cold caller? Is it something they're saying or not saying? Is it, uh, or is it the acquisitions person? Are we not very good on doing like kind of pre-appointment phone calls? Are we not very good on the appointment? Um, are we getting contracts, but we're still not making enough money? Okay. Maybe it's the buyers. Maybe we actually, maybe we don't know the numbers. Maybe we actually don't know the numbers in our market. A lot of variables. There's so many variables and and I'm not trying to complicate this. My point in saying all this is all of those variables is what determines the marketing ROI. That's what determines it. Absolutely. It's not one or two. It's, it's, it's all of it. If you can't close, you're going to go spend 20 grand on marketing versus somebody that's really good at sales. You know, they can maybe get it done in for a thousand or 1500 bucks. 
Exactly. And then what we're going to do is we're going to come on a podcast like this and we're going to say my highest ROI channel is such and such. And then other people are going to go try it and they're not going to get the same result because they don't have the sales background. I'm so happy that you said that because I, I'm going to be honest, man. I discount the hell out of that. I don't even think about that most of the time, but you, you're a salesperson, (laughs) right? You're absolutely right. Yeah. But, but you, but you nailed it because one channel may be good for somebody else. That's a good salesperson. And it may be a terrible channel for somebody that's not a good salesperson. And maybe the fix isn't more marketing. It's better sales. And I think that that is, well, I'm confident. I overlook that all the time because I just, I have a tendency to just be pretty good with people. And I don't really consider myself to be a good salesperson, but I do consider myself to be an expert at making friends, which at the end of the day, you know, what is sales? It's getting somebody to want to do business with you because they like you, they trust you and they respect you. Right. And there's probably other things, of course, but if I were to summarize it into something similar, so I don't ever feel like I'm ever having to sell anybody anything. I'm never pitching. Instead, what I do, and I'm sure you guys are great at this too, is I present them the facts and then I start disqualifying myself. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know why, but it, it works really well. You know, you say, here's what I would love to be able to pay you. And here's why this offers low. It's always going to be low. But if you give me a couple minutes, I can make it low and fair, not just low. And I'll right. do that by justifying that offer. And I do so by just, you know, being very, you know, somewhat frank and bold. But at the same time, you know, I give people the other options. And then, of course, I tell them all the conveniences that, they, that, that, that they're going to get. And if somebody, and I tell this to my students all the time, I'm sure you do as well. But if somebody isn't willing to give you a big discount, well, then you got to pull back on all those conveniences, Right. And if they are willing to open up that floodgate of of discounts to you, then you need to mirror that and open up that floodgate of conveniences. Yes, we'll close it next Tuesday. Yes, you can leave everything behind. Don't worry about boarding up the windows. I'll send my guy to do that, right? Anything and everything that I can do to make their life easier is essentially sales, but I'm demanding a discount in exchange for those conveniences. And if you don't get the discount, you pull back less conveniences. And if they're not willing to give you the discount, then you shouldn't be willing to give them the conveniences. So again, didn't mean to steal the show there, but I just wanted to reiterate how much I agree with what you just said. So David, if we were to rewind this like a minute or two and list out all of the adjectives and the qualifiers and the, the adverbs and the, all the descriptives that you just use and just list them out, what you would see, you just nailed it. Like the conveniences that people are going to do business with people that they trust and that they like, and that they respect and that they have confidence in and all these things. Like you, you just explained over the last minute why you are a great salesperson right after you said that. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't even consider myself to be right. Because, you know, everywhere, everyone, whenever you think of sales, like what's the person that comes to mind, like a used car salesman, used right? Car Somebody salesman. That's not necessarily sleazy. I'm not trying to hate on anyone that sells cars, guys. That's yeah. not my intent here. Right. But they're often pushy. They're often like trying to get you to buy something right now. I know that, you know, we're in the business of not trying to get somebody to buy something. We're trying to get them to sell something, 
but we're doing so by getting them to buy into us. Yeah. And that's where the like and the respect, and I forget what the other one was, the like and trust, right, um, comes into play. Like, I don't ever feel like I'm ever sitting on a table and I'm trying to convince somebody that my business is the one that they should go with. Instead, I'm trying to tell them why they probably shouldn't work with us. Yeah. Right. I'm disqualifying. But because again, it's going to be lower. Yeah. But I, I guess it, I guess it is, you know, that that is sales in a way. It's just not the approach that you typically would take where you're like, man, I got to close this guy. Like, I'm never thinking like I got to go close this guy. Instead, it's I am here to help you and you are ready. And then what ends up happening is I never even thought of this, man. You're opening up my mind to all this crazy stuff. But what ends up happening is they sell you on why they want to work with you. And then at that point, you send them a contract. Isn't that there amazing? You, you opened my mind up to something crazy, man. That's awesome. See, it is. It is sales. That There you go. You're right. We're not trying to sell them anything. We're trying to buy their house. However, there's all these sales variables that are going on. You're going to sell them on, on you. Right. You're going to sell them on your company. You're going to sell them on why it's so important for them to make this decision. Uh, or maybe they don't need to make the decision, but you're going to sell them on why it's not important for them to make the decision right now. So there's all these things that, that we need to lead the process of, of it's a sales process is, is what it is. It's just different from the 1980s used car salesman. Like you said, um, we're in the 21st century. We got to be a bit more sophisticated than that. It is the same personality profile that makes a great used car salesman that makes a great acquisitions person. Absolutely. It, it is. Absolutely. And the and reason is, I think, and you may have your own reason, but the reason is, in my opinion, is, is that those individuals that are the used car salesmen, they're not afraid to, to be themselves and to spark a conversation and ask those difficult questions. Whereas, you know, somebody that may be reserved isn't going to be as good as at opening up and figuring out the true motivations of that seller and or explaining the true value, which really is just convenience that our companies can provide to those sellers. It's really just a matter of, I mean, I guess you could break it down even into one word of confidence, right? Yes. Yes. Confidence in yourself, confidence in what you do in your process, confidence, confidence that you can help them. You're helping them and, yep. and you, you have belief in them as well, right? You're entrusting that they're going to make the decision that is, and so that, that goes into like belief and, um, and positivity and, but yeah, confidence is a really good, a really good word for it. So it's crazy and, and, to think about this big picture. Like it is the majority sales, not marketing. I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you, man. I have never looked at it that way until today, but it yeah. is, it's like 90% sales and 10% marketing. Yeah. So that's why we, so we, we are believers, like we think this is a marketing and sales game and there are things about the marketing part of it that if you don't get dialed in, it's not going to work. We it's not going to work. That. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Need, but do. the they cool do. thing is, is you can automate the marketing. You can't really automate the sales. Yes. You can, yeah. of course, parts of it, but not fully. Like, I mean, I could go right now and record a 30 second clip in a once in a one minute clip, audio clips guys. And then go pay a radio station or multiple to air that as much as I could afford. And that's it. As long as that check keeps getting written every month or the account that they're debiting from is funded, I'm done with my marketing. Yep. So, I mean, literally in the next 30 minutes, I could go record a really, really, you know, high energy 30 second clip and one minute clip. And I could be done with my marketing for an entire year as long as I funded that. And that's it. Yep. I mean, again, it, it can be it can be that simple.
Yes. So it begs the question, why then is everybody always talking about marketing? It almost makes me wonder, call me a conspiracy. Man, you are theorist. just changing my mindset. Big time. <laughs> I love this. Go ahead. It almost makes me wonder why that is. I mean, I don't know because I haven't looked at it that way until today either, man. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but I think, I think my, one of my theories, so I won't give you my conspiracy theory, but I'll just go with the, with the regular theory. I, well, one of the, I think it's probably because a lot of us who are naturally good with people, which is what you started out saying, you're naturally good with people, or you've worked on that. Like you've developed it. To oh yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't always good with people. It, it took a lot of practice, and a lot of trial and error. Absolutely. I'm sure you've faced the same. Yes, 100%. I was not always able to have the confidence. Like I was coaching my kids soccer teams yesterday. And, and, and one of the little girls, it was the first practice of the spring, right? And um, one of the little girls, she's so sweet, you know, just sweet as could be. And she said, uh, she said, coach, she said, coach, I was this is right at the beginning of practice. She said, I was so nervous. I was so nervous to come today. And I said, were you really? And, uh, and I'm sitting there thinking, this girl showing is, up is, the majority of it, right? She showed up. Okay. Think about this. We're in a huddle for the first time ever as a team with, and there's eight, eight little girls and me. And, and, and this is the first conversation and she's outspoken and telling me how nervous she's she was. Got no problems. Right. <laughs> she's it's good. all in her head. She's good. And in, 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 in about 15 or 20 years, maybe we can hire her as an acquisitions that's person. Right. That's right. <laughs> so, like, so yeah, I mean, look, everybody gets nervous and that's, and that's what I told her. I said, I said, you know what? Uh, I was a little bit nervous too. And, and I said it with a tone of voice just to make them laugh. You of know, course. Like, of oh my course. goodness. I'm nervous. I'm nervous too. Yeah. You're not the only one here guys. Me too. Yeah, and then right, within right. seconds they're laughing and, or, and it was like the best practice ever. Where, where does that come from? A, a lot of experience and a lot of books and thousands of hours of audios, thousands of hours thousands, of podcasts, yeah, books and too. conferences and practice and doing sales jobs and all kinds of stuff, right? Um, to get to that point. But I think, so the theory is that a lot of us that are maybe a little bit better with people take that part of it for granted. And then, so we all, and we geek out on the numbers when it's not even naturally who we are. It's like, who cares about the numbers? Just get me in front of people. I'll close deals, whatever. But we are all told business-wise that we got to know your numbers and you got to, and you do, you, you do have to know your numbers, but I will tell you to make your first hundred or 200 or $500,000 doing this, that what it's also going to take <laughs> is a high level of acquisitions and dispositions prowess. Like you need to be better at that than your competitors. If you want to make a good, a large amount of money doing this, right? Right. Totally agree. So I got a question for you. I have, I know my numbers, but they're <laughs> estimates and, and they swing. Right. But I don't know, like, you know, to the dollar or especially to the penny. Um, so I'm just kind of curious, what are you guys? And again, you guys have, um, a coaching program and all types of cool products, but what are you typically teaching people, you know, in terms of like KPIs, like, are you pushing them towards a specific software or is there a couple pieces that are, that are, that are brought together to, 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 you know, to analyze that, or I guess, you know, if we were to just talk to the newbies here for just a second and yeah. really anybody, cause again, I don't even really have a good answer to that. 
So what, yeah. what are you guys doing to, to help people know those numbers? So great question. We, I'll give you two answers. First, we build out custom, we build out custom software for our, uh, for our clients to be able to do that. Yep. But I, I can, if you just want to hit the easy button, I mean, I don't know if this is okay. I can just tell people what they should be tracking let's, and let's hear it. Let's hear you it. can jot it down on a sheet of paper. You can put it in a, in a, in a Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet and do it yourself. <laughs> right. So it's not, it's not like, um, that it's not that big of a deal. Of so yeah. it depends on the marketing channel, as you know. So what do we want to talk? Cold calling? You do cold calling. Mm-hmm. So just a basic, like what we could track for a basic person, they want to get started cold calling. So we could, depending on if you're going to outsource it or do it in-house. So let's say, let's say you're going to do it in-house. Like you said, you're going to hire a VA, you're going to train them up on the script. Here's what we need for cold calling. Then we would track um, number of dials, right? And this is every day, every day. You can track it by the hour if you want. As you know, the, the cold calling software will, will do some of sure. this for you. Mm-hmm. So number of dials, number of people that we got a hold of. So I mean, just did, did they answer the phone? Did you talk to a, a human being? And yeah, then so, so dials and then contacts, basically. Dials, contacts, and then we'll say number of people who agreed to answer all the questions. Or you could say number of people who um, you got through, like you submitted the form. So you could call it whatever you want. If you use a web form, like job forms, whatever. Okay. So number, number of people who answered all the questions and you got a web form. Okay. Then from there, and that's where a lot of people, I think, uh, I think a lot of people drop the ball after this from there, you already said the secret, here's the secret sauce. After that, did you get them on the phone again? That's the bottom guys. Congratulations. That's the bottom of the marketing. And that's really where the sales starts, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it does. Keep in mind though, how good is before that though, with the, how good is, yes. How good is your script? What do you say? What do you not say? How good, like, how good are you on the phone? How thick is the accent? So like really the said, marketing, there, the marketing stops when there, when there is any communication, basically. Exactly. As, I mean, and let's take opinion. it. So really it's like 5% marketing, 95% sales. Maybe as less. soon as there's any communication, hey, any type, it's sales just, at that point. Let's just crap all over the marketing department, David. Like they, ready. It, <laughs> I, I don't forget you guys. Right. So, That's right. Okay. So no, I mean, I, I think that's true because you're talking, the messaging is important. How you say it, when you say it for us, so here's a nugget for you guys. Like when we get our VAs doing something, we don't just type out the script. We put every nuanced thing in there, every detail, when to pause, how to say, um, um, you know, how wow. You guys are really out, dialing it down. Well, type out, awesome. um, if, if, if the way I would naturally say it is I would say, um, or I would say, gotcha, I'll type out, gotcha. Mm. I, I don't want them to say, I understand what you are saying. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be a robot. I'm kind of the anti-script guy, uh, yeah. but I know how important they are. Right. And I don't say that because I hate them. I don't need them. Right. You but don't a need lot them. Of, yeah. But that's because of the thousands of attempts and the, and the thousands of failed attempts, even more yes. in the books and the audios and, Man, I probably run 5,000 appointments, right? So I, I don't want one because it gets in the way, right? But the majority of people starting out, all people starting out, they need to know the flow. And they need to, and even more importantly than that, they need to know the right questions to ask, right? Yes. So I tell all my students, I'm like, here, I got five scripts. I'll give them to you, you know, different, different types. You pick the one you like the best. And really the goal is within, you know, maybe six to eight weeks, 
is to get rid of it. You'll memorize these questions very quickly. There's not there that many go. of them. You know what I'm saying? But I like that you do that for your team um, to help them know how to not sound like a robot. I mean, that's basically what you're doing by plugging in pause and, and gotchas is to make it sound more human. Yes. And, and I like building systems, right? Because if I lose that person and I got to plug somebody else that's in, that's now I've got something to plug them into. Yeah. They're not going to be as good as the old person, but they're going to have, they're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of somebody that I'm starting with from scratch without the high level scripts that are customized. And that's the other thing. I think there's a gap right now in the real estate space when it comes to coaching because coaching can get you customized information for your situation right? And everybody right. wants this out of the box answers for everything. We'll customize situations. We probably have slightly different scripts for somebody that's in the middle of nowhere in West Texas than we would have for somebody that's in downtown Los Angeles. That's such a great point. Yeah. And, and there isn't really a one size fits all. You, you got to tailor it to your market. You got to tailor it really to, to the type of person you are. You know, if you're not super outgoing and talkative like me, which I know not everybody is, you know, you may want to have a longer script, whereas I might just have six or eight bullet points. Right. Because I can fill in the blanks. No problem. So I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Yes. So I think what we were and we're doing a good job at, at riffing about different things. But like we I think what we we're getting at is like what to track. Well, you got to get these people on the phone, David. So so it goes from all right. Good job on the marketing. And yeah, so here, you, to I'm going to continue. Track numbers was the first one. I'm sorry. Track the dials. This is for cold calling KPIs, right? Yeah. Then you went on to I'm taking notes here. Number of contacts. Yes. Then you went on to agreed. To answer all the questions or, or yeah. the majority of the questions. And yeah. then you went on to appointments and now it's back in your court. We skipped, we skipped one that I do like to track and that's, we, I call it, I call it opt-outs. So you can check number of people talk to and the number of opt-outs that gives us a good read on, on the list. And on, if we, if we kind of torched a list or not, that's, I um, like that one a lot, man. Yeah. So we try, I track that for everything. Like we track opt-outs for every marketing channel. Um, okay. So, so number so of contacts, that one is, of, that's kind of combined into agreed to answer questions or an opt-out. Yes. And then to appointments. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's that? Um, well, no, not a point. So people got like people that we actually got a hold of would be before that. We just call it phone conversations. Okay. So congratulations. The lead, the web form came in from your cold caller. Great job. Now of all those web forms, how many of those did we end up getting a hold of? We call that phone conversations, acquisitions, phone conversations. And then unless you, now there's a different model. I don't want to complicate people, but if you're doing what we call like an appointment setter model or a lead manager model, where the lead manager calls those web forms and puts those in, then it would be lead manager phone conversations or whatever. The intent being to book an appointment, either book a phone appointment or book a uh, house viewing appointment, whatever, right? I love so that you did that you added that in there because Steve Trang taught me this. I love Steve. I know you know who Steve is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve's he, great. Yeah. He always says, man, isn't it great how, you know, once you do some marketing and you get somebody that's kind of interested you know, trying to get them on the phone. Sometimes you just get unlimited access to their, to their voicemail and you just, you can never get a hold of them again. And it's like, that's, that's part of it, right? Like you got to get creative. So the fact that you did agreed to answer those questions as one KPI set, and then you went to the next step of saying, okay, now how many of those people did we actually, were we actually able to have the phone conversation with? Yep. That's before the appointment. You got to set the, you got to call them up and learn a little bit more about them 
and figure out if that motivation is even right, if, if, it, if it's where it needs to be. Absolutely. You know, or, and oftentimes too, and I'm sure you guys are great at this, but you know, oftentimes we'll make that, we'll get all the way to the phone conversation. We'll determine that their motivation isn't high enough for us as investors, but there's other tools in our belt. So it's like, Hey, you know, you're, you're basically looking for retail. Do you have an agent? You don't. Okay, cool. Well, guess what? We have agents that work on our team and we, we, I'm confident that I have one that would be a great fit for you. You know, are yeah. we going to, can, can I send that person out? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. the phone conversation is so important. So phone conversations next, you have appointments, either phone, whether it's a, whether it's a phone appointment or so it's appointments booked appointments booked. This is the other thing where people drop the ball. So it goes from phone conversations to number of appointments booked, whether it's a phone conversation booked or, an, or a, sorry, a phone appointment or a in-person appointment. So appointment booked, then appointments attended, and then seller contracts. So there's all those things, right? So there's the whole funnel. It's just, guys, this is a basic sales funnel that we, you know, we, and, it, and it needs to be- a great job breaking that down, by the way. I Not love right. this stuff. I love. Yeah, building, I, can, I can tell, man. I, can I love tell. building system. I love building marketing and sales systems. I think that that's why, like I said, we've been successful. We are not just. Um, I'm not some real estate guy that's trying to figure out how to wholesale. I'm a marketing and sales guy that chooses to wholesale You're because it's a marketing and sales yeah, game, for right? Sure. So that's what we love about it. So I love that kind of stuff. So we do that for every single marketing channel. Like we'll build out a customized, uh, for, so like when we're out doing marketing, what things do I need to track? Because all of those metrics that we're tracking are gonna help us point to different departments of the company. Maybe we thought it was a marketing issue. And what it really was is it's like, man, we're not able to get a hold of these people. Like the leads are coming in. Why are we not able to get a hold of these people? Maybe we have a problem in our follow-up or a follow-through, or maybe it's not a problem with that. Maybe we need to change the scripting that the cold caller is saying in the first place. So, but we can track all the numbers and try to- And you, you know, the, you're, you are the only person that I have ever met other than Mitch Caluzzi, which I yeah. love that guy, by the way. I do too, yeah. Love that guy. That is this analytical- Bro, you you got this down. <laughs> okay, so, so here's the question that I've been waiting to ask you for like 20 minutes. Yes. So you've broken all these things down. Now, how the hell do you track all this stuff? Right? So the first part might be easy. Like, let's break this down. So well, hold on. Before we do that, let's finish this, right? So I want to recap. Okay. So again, we're doing KPIs just for cold calling. It doesn't even matter if you're the one doing it or if it's somebody else. These are the basic KPIs, right? So number one, you're going to track the number of dials. Number two, you're going to track the number of contacts. Number three, you're going to do, you know, who has agreed to answer those questions or who has opted out. And that's kind of like, I'm going to, I'm going to group those two, right? Um, and you may or may not on your end, but that's just how I'm going to do it. Uh, number, I'm not doing the numbers right, but four or five <laughs> would be the phone conversations. Which is, which is basically the, the next call. Now, now, if you are doing the cold calling, you may not have all these steps. You may, you may want to group them. But exactly. again, That's why it has so, to be customized. Absolutely. Yeah. But Alan and I have a team, that, and we're not doing those cold calls. We're doing the warm call, basically, right? Yes. So next, so you need phone conversations. Then you have appointments booked. Then you have appointments attended, which I would have never even thought of that. because. But that's such a good point because... You know, sometimes people don't show or you just can't get a hold of them to set the appointment or whatever, or, you know, they change it on you or whatever. I've even had 
people prank me and be like, yeah, come out to a house they don't even own. It just happens. That's right. That's all right. The, it happened not all the time, but it does happen. All right. So then you get to the seller contracts. And then at that point, you're 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 no longer really in the sales game. You're more in the dispo game, right? Yep. So the number of dials, the number of contacts, those two are pretty easy because the dialer you're using, assuming you're not doing this one-off. And if you are doing a one-off, you need to keep track, right? But if you're using a dialer, it's going to give you those things. But then the percentage of people that agreed to answer the questions, how are you guys tracking that? How are you tracking the number of times the people that you're actually having that phone conversation with and so on and so forth? Yeah, web form. Like, does a web form come in? I mean, okay. is it, did, did they get far enough in the conversation where they submitted a web form to our, to us? Okay. Right. So that's I mean, a, so basically the lead was entered into the system. Yeah, we would Whichever call that a lead. Got. Yeah, we would call that a lead. One of the things that you'll notice uh, as, a, as a side note, you didn't ask this, but it's really important from a sales perspective is we are not tracking hot leads, warm leads, cold leads. I don't want any discretion at all in my funnel. There, there shall be no discretion by any cold caller. I don't want discretion. I don't even let my lead managers have discretion. I need that lead to get in the hands of my my highly trained, highly paid rock star sales team, which is my acquisitions people. And then even then, I don't typically let them use a hundred percent discretion. We have parameters around things, but what we're not going to do is start tracking hot leads, warm leads, cold leads, all this stuff, unless you have a scientific criteria. And I mean that like broken down to where you, because what'll happen and you've seen this, I'm sure with your acquisitions, people like we have is they start using discretion and you know, uh, what's, what is, what's the old saying? What's the enemy of execution? Is it, uh, confusion, not confusion. I know where you're anyway, going with that though. I, I totally dis- get it. Good discretion, uh, too many options, all this stuff. It that's causes analysis paralysis, basically. Analysis yeah, paralysis. So, yep. And I have never heard of anybody not at least like having some sort of a motivational scale, yeah. but now that you've explained it this way, I think it's genius. I think it's brilliant. You know, because if you every lead needs to be handled with, you know, urgency, of course, but also it, you don't want to be discounting them, right? Yeah. And if you do, and if you do, that's that's okay, but you're going to be leaving money on the table. Yep. And, and or another way to look at it is you're going to be decreasing your return on your time investment. Yes. Because you're going to be working, you're going to be, you know, not working leads that would essentially be be good for you to work. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, okay. Yes. Cool. I love it. You're, you, this is amazing. So web form comes in and you're able to track that, of course. But yep. then how about like the phone conversations and then the appointments booked and the appointments attended? Do you guys, do you, like, how, how are you guys tracking that? I'm just curious. So fo- phone conversations, the way, so our model, we have our lead manager is in charge of getting a hold of the homeowners after a web form comes in, not our acquisitions people for, for cold calling. So we, we, each, each marketing channel, we do it a little bit differently for cold call leads. It gets kicked. The web form comes in and we all see it, but the lead manager is in charge of getting a hold of those people. And at the end of the day, lead manager logs, how many of those people, not just how many, but which ones that way there's not just random numbers out there. Right. So that's another little nuance. Are are you, are you guys customizing the software? What is the software? I'm curious. It's a, it's, it's customized sheets. 
It's cu it's customized spreadsheets. Okay, got it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's customized spreadsheets. That's why I said anybody can anybody could do this. Sure. Um, sure. It's it's building out customized spreadsheets to make it as easy as possible to. But lock. there is a lot of manual work being done all the, all day. It, it you can't automate every like the people that are trying to automate a hundred percent of everything. See, that's why I've never had success at this at the KPI mm -hmm. part of the business. Mm -hmm. I know that we're profitable. <laughs> so I know it's worth doing more marketing. And, and it's funny because uh, Alan, most people want to, they want to outsource the, the appointments. Whereas I, that's where I shine. Yeah. Get on appointments. So it's yeah. like if somebody else can do the, the cold calling and even the lead management, but they can let me do the acquisitions. Yes. I have basically outsourced everything, but that, right. Yes. So I have, I have, the, and I'm sure you do too, right? But I have the cold callers and the cold textures and all the other things. I do almost everything you do except for TV. And I don't do RVM either, but everything else. Yeah. We do RVM on follow-up, but just not on cold. Ooh, I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. So the RVM on the follow-up, and, and again, I don't, it's not necessarily bad or good. Um, I hate getting RVMs. I hate them. So I, yeah. I just, I just don't do it to people. But <laughs> if I'm following up, it's a whole different ball game because Yep. They know who I am at that point. And it's, it's not just cold. A, it's a follow-up. It's not cold. Yeah, exactly. And one yeah. could argue that cold SMS and cold calling is, is just as dirty as the RVMs. And again, I'm not here to judge. I, I just don't <laughs> do them, right? But, <laughs> but um, forget where I was going with that. The, uh, you like the doing fact, acquisitions. Oh, the fact that you're, there's a lot of manual things that go into it. And it's, it's very difficult to, to automate all yeah. that. Yes. It's, it, it's just, that's very difficult, man. Very difficult. We've so, got all of it that can be automated. So we build out systems where all of it that can be automated is automated. Everything else is on a silver platter and all it has to be do, all it has that has to be done is it needs to be filled out, which takes three to five minutes a day. They, the trick is, and I, and I agree with you where it gets overwhelming is when all those pieces aren't in place and it's we don't overwhelming know overwhelming if it's you and you're a one man show, but if you have a yes. team guys implement that from the beginning, make that part of the training. And yep. then it, and again, I'm just, I, I'm assuming here, right? This isn't me talking from experience. You're the expert here, but am, am I right? If you implement this from the beginning into the training, then it's yeah. not really an inconvenience. It's part of the job. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Hey, I get it. If you're a one man show, first of all, some of this stuff, to be honest with you, you probably don't need to be worrying about because you know what you need to be doing is putting more marketing, more appointments, more offers. Yeah, that's go, right. Go, exactly. Keep that's it what simple. you need to be. I mean, I am not the dude that's over here saying, uh, and by, oh, don't get me started down this road. You can get us off on another tangent. But I'm not, I am not the guy that's going to say, I'm not going to go shooting on people all the time. Like you should do this. You should do that. What you should do, and don't shit on yourself, by the way, either. But what you should do is go make money. And the way to make money, David is exactly right on point here. The way to go make money, more people on the phone, more appointments, more seller contracts, stack cash in the bank, which is what we are absolutely passionate about. We can help people make all kinds of money because we can get them more leads coming in. And yeah, tracking it is important. If you want to track it and you don't want to build all that stuff out yourself, then reach out to somebody like us and we'll build it out with you or for you. But I'm not going to say that if you don't track stuff, you're not going to make a bunch of money because you can't, you absolutely can and will if you're good enough at marketing and sales and do enough volume of that. 
I, man, you, I, this has been so helpful to me. And again, this is one of the reasons why we do this podcast. Obviously, I want to share as much value with the world as I can. But, you know, let's be honest, like I'm, I'm here to learn for myself, too. So <laughs> Alan, you're, you're doing this is great. You're teaching me all kinds of cool stuff here. So you guys simplify it down to a spreadsheet. I got to ask, what CRM are you using? Do you mind if I ask? Oh, geez. We're switching. I, I, I use three of them. My team is literally. <laughs> I have. No, it might even be four of them, bro. We use so many different things. So we're I'm on curious. like our, we're on like our seventh different ones. So I don't know if I'm the best person to ask about CRMs because it's like. Or, the, or let's just say, what CRMs are you using then, or what systems, right? So for yeah, and, and I don't even I don't even know if people even understand what CRMs mean half the time because it's like what if all well, you're let's looking break it for, down for them. Well, if all you're looking for is a place to log, like to store information then you don't even need a CRM. And I think yeah, that spreadsheets, also, I, that's how I first started was spreadsheets. Just use spreadsheets. If you're not going to use automated follow-up sequencers, then I, I mean, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I need somebody to inform me. If you're not going to use automated follow-up sequencers, what exactly is it that you're thinking that you need a CRM for, right? Yeah, I mean, so I guess the automations are a big part of it. Also, the way I look at it is um, I, 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 I can break a CRM down into two things, notes and tasks and yeah, everything. Yeah. Ev and here's the thing, no matter which one you use, it, it's either going to have more bells and whistles or it's going to have less bells and whistles. But at the end of yeah. the day, if it doesn't do those two things, it's not a CRM. Yeah. You notes can and tasks. You're That's talking it. about like pinging, like you can ping people and say, Hey, so-and-so did this happen on this property or whatever, like inside you that. Know, again, to me, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, a shiny, Oh, that's just a bell or a whistle, but like yeah. the ability for you to go in and say, I spoke to this person at this time yeah. about this. Right. And my next course of action is, and it needs to remind me. Yeah. Okay. Right. So creating automated reminders. Yeah. But you can do that. Like, this is the funny thing, David, like we've built out custom CRMs before on uh, things like Airtable, which is basically glorified spreadsheets where you can do the same stuff. Cause it's, it's all built. It all syncs with Google sheets to where, uh, sorry, it all syncs with Google to where it syncs with your Google calendar. Anyways, yeah. Sheets, do, calendar, dr you can, uh, drive, all that stuff is all. Yeah. I love it, man. It's I'm awesome. not aware of anything that cannot be done other than automated follow-up sequencers. I'm not aware of anything because you can, all those notes that you're talking about, you can type those in a spreadsheet or in a Google doc, like uh, under a, under a property tab. Mm -hmm. um, you can tag, you can tag people in uh, what's, you can do the same thing in WhatsApp or in Slack sure. or something. Oh yeah, you're absolutely so, right. So are you, you know, guys, are you not using like one of these? No, no. You know? So we've, so we've, <laughs> no, so we've used, um, we're actually in a meeting literally right now about Salesforce. Um, so we've, we've, and they're waiting, they're waiting on me, <laughs> but I'm, I'm so pumped about what we're doing, David. Yeah. So, we'll wrap up here in a sec for sure. But yeah, no, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm good, but good. we, um, absolutely have, 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 and do use that. We've got, um, you know, we're absolutely excited about some other ones right now. We've used, uh, multiple different things that are built on Podio, um, right. Like investor, investor. I'm taking notes in Podio as we speak. It's where I manage my podcast. See, and it works. Yep. Um, you know, people can say whatever they want about it. It it's works. You know, one thing I do like about certain CRMs, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Alan. I, yeah. I do apologize. I have a terrible habit of this. No, you're excited. I, I just, I'm just so excited. I just get passionate, man. <laughs> I'm glad that you see it that way. It's very kind of you. Yes. Um, but really, also having an app is is, is actually really like make or break, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, yes. so 
uh, like Podio, it's, it's very cost effective. Um, yep. We've moved our wholesaling business out of it. But if I were to save my notes real quick and then just click on my workspaces, you know, here's what we manage in here. We manage our business meeting notes. We manage our closings. We manage our co-host sales. We manage our coaching and our course sales. We manage our um, podcast. And then we also manage our rental portfolio. All that stuff's done Ooh. in Podio. Yeah. And then the wholesaling business is done in other CRMs. So, you know, most of my listeners probably know this already, but we use REI Blackbook for dispositions. Now you okay. can use REI Blackbook for the entire business. The whole thing. The yeah. whole thing. But yeah. we have always just really liked the disposition side of it. It's not that we don't like the other things. We just found other products to be, to be, you know, better for us, not better in general, just better for us. Right. Yeah. So we also use realestateinvestor.com's touch, which is a relatively yeah. new one. And that's Rob yeah. and, and Gary, of course. Good. Yeah. Which came from investor PO, which used to be podio. And then it went off podio. And, yeah. I, and I actually just got off a call with Sherrod like 20 minutes ago, or an hour ago at this point, about starting to use RE Simply or ReSimply as yeah. well, because each one of these things has a little bit, you know, different bells and whistles for the most part. But and again, at the, the end of the day, if it's Podio, if it's REI Blackbook, if it's Touch, if it's RE Simply, and now there's 200 other people that have these systems, Salesforce as well, notes and tasks are your main things, guys. And you can do that. Alan, you said it, man. You can do that in a spreadsheet. Yes. And that's so, don't know, so I guess, I guess the lesson here that Alan is trying to get into my thick skull is to don't <laughs> complicate it guys. Keep it simple. And KPIs shouldn't, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be that difficult. I overcomplicate them. And you know, you said this earlier, Alan, I create analysis paralysis for myself because I think that KPIs are this, this big hill that I got to climb. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's really not. It's just taking a couple minutes to like look at what you're actually doing and just start tracking it. It's because you're a salesperson and you're a visionary and you're a business owner and you're an entrepreneur. And it's that combination of things. And so we all do that. I'm not a I am not a God-given, naturally born systems person. I've had I'm I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 39 years old. And I've had to I've had to learn how to build systems or how to get with other people to help me build systems, which is what we do uh, with our clients because I'm not great at it. And so we, we've got, gotten as good as we can at it because I think the same thing as you, it is overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. So we had to build a, uh, a system out of it. So for people like you that have your profile, like, like our acquisition, you do acquisitions, like you, right. You do. I you enjoy do it. That's like, that's my yeah. most, that's the most favorite part. I mean, the most favorite part of the business is is seeing in Slack that the dispositions person sold something. Like that's well, the yeah. most fun. But yeah. what I enjoy doing the most is going out and looking at properties and meeting the sellers and making friends. And I tell this to my students right. and I'm sure you do too. I, I mean, you, you probably disagree. I don't think I'm very good at sales because maybe <laughs> I'm defining sales as something different than what it really is, right? Yep. But I am really good at getting in front of somebody and making a friend for one and two, and notice how I, ver how I verbalize this, but, but justifying my low offer as being fair. I didn't say my offer. I said my low offer, cause it's gotta be low. If you want to make money in this business, it has to be, it's gotta be. And so, you gotta have okay, the courage. You can't avoid my question low. though, bro. What CRMs are you using? You gotta fill me in. So, 
So we built out custom things in Asana. Okay. Uh, I've, I've used Asana. That's a great software. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we use that for some parts of it. It's similar to what you mentioned. Now that I, you kind of you got me thinking now because I'm like we use different things for different things and we I got know, some man. things. And, and, and like I could consolidate it all to like one or two, but we got like eight. <laughs> Just yes, exactly. We got we've got REI Touch. We're excited about as well, um, honestly. And um, REI Touch has been. I'm gonna be straightforward with you. REI Touch has been phenomenal. They they got a little work to do over there still though. It's sure. There's, it's there's a lot of clicking around to kind of navigate it. And I've told it's this new. to Rob. And of course, I'm not saying this out of any you know negativity. It's just it's just positive feedback for them. I'm yeah. excited, though, because once they can clean it up a little bit, it's going to be killer, man. Right. But I, I'm yeah. using it right now. I, I imported in like six thousand leads and I turned on the auto follow up, which does email, text and RVMs. And you can set up the sequences. And man, yes. it has it has done phenomenal for us lately. Just and that. You know, a lot of these ones that we've added in there too, aren't like they're old, they're six months old or older and we yes. add them in there and then we just kind of forget about them. And then all of a sudden I got a call this morning from a guy. It was yes. funny. I came in late today. I, I didn't get in the office until about 10 and uh, my phone rings and this guy goes, Hey, I got a voicemail from you this morning at like seven 30 in the morning. I'm like, should I even oh. want to see where he was sending out messages that early? And uh, I know this guy, I've done deals with them before. But he goes, what? He goes, what property were you calling about? And I go, I don't know. Did I leave it in the, in the voicemail? <laughs> and I, of course I didn't. You know. And he goes, he goes, no. You just said that you that you that I had a property that you know I might want to sell. So of course I go type his name in real quick, and I'm like, oh, it's three three one five Market Street. You know. And he's like, oh, that property. You know. So. Oh my goodness. You just don't even that, know sometimes. That's a good problem. Well, that's a good. Isn't that a good problem to have? Again, it's, it's a like, great problem to have. Congratulations, marketing department. You did your job, and then here you are on the phone with somebody that you didn't even have to work for. That is the brilliance of a true CRM. Most of the time people are talking about CRMs. I don't think they even understand. You need something that will send automated follow-up sequencers because you can do everything else on other stuff that's either free or extremely inexpensive. And these, as we know, some of these CRMs are not that inexpensive. And so, especially if you're newer out there. Oh yeah, I mean, dude, like, it's like, REI Black Books, I think it's 200 a month minimum. Exact minimum. Yeah. And you can, you can go up to, you know, four or five, 600 bucks if you want. And that's the goal. It really depends. So that's the going rate is 200 minimum. And then it depends on the users. No, yeah. I mean, that's across the board. That's what the kind of the thing is in the real estate space right now. And it goes up depending on number of users and all this stuff. And all the bells and, and whistles. Yep. I'm not saying it's not important. I do think it's important. It just depends who we're talking to. Are we talking to a solopreneur who needs to just stack some cash in the bank? Are we, or are we talking to somebody who's wanting to build out a team in the next three to six months? If so, yes, you need to get going on a CRM. Or somebody so, that, that wants to be lazy like me. You know, and, and try to automate as much as you possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. And really, like, my goal isn't really make more money. It's to work less. I, I'm, I'm doing pretty good with my current, my current income. If I can maintain that, and obviously I want to grow it. But really, it's not even a goal of growing it. It's just, let's keep it going and let's try to go on more vacations. Yes, get back you know, on Take less time though. off. Yes. So or more time off, I mean. What I was going to tell you is for somebody like you who, who gets overwhelmed with this whole KPI issue is as an acquisitions person, we'll only have our acquisitions person report like two things, appointments attended and seller contracts. So it That's makes it. it easy for them. They're not overwhelmed with it. That's it. They report those two numbers every day. That's all I need to know. 
yeah. don't need to know anything else from acquisitions. Yes, I'm, I would prefer to they put notes into the computer, like notes into the. CRM. Yeah, and you're going to encourage that, but really, at the end of the day, you just you need to know the main the main stuff, right? Yeah, because we're trying to, because remember the point of all this conversation, we're trying to calculate ROI. We can't even calculate ROI if we don't have certain numbers and we need to be able to poke holes in it. And so where in my funnel do I need to get better? The only way to know that is to track all those things that we've listed out. And so, and sometimes even more, by the way, sometimes it's less, sometimes it's even more, but the only way we're going to know is if we track it, but the only two things that acquisitions people are responsible for in our system, the way that we do it is those two things. We have other people that report the other numbers. We build out systems to where other people can report those things so that rock stars like you that just want to get out there and sling contracts can just have two things to report. Uh, we do it in our morning meeting every day. It goes into the spreadsheet. From there, our lead manager handles all the other stuff, admin type stuff that needs to happen in order for us to know all of our KPIs. I love it, man. I love it. So appointments booked appointments attended and then seller contracts so you so it sounds to me like like a lot of this well probably half give or take um is manual entry though right i mean you can um, like, like the dials yeah. and the number of contacts the dialer yeah. assuming you have a dialer is going to help you with yeah agreed to answer is going to be the amount of web forms that come in and you can, and, and, and so you're going to know that that's going to be fixed, obviously, based upon yeah. each day, yeah. right? Um, but the opt-outs, that's a manual entry, we, right? Uh, um, it depends. Well, it depends. It depends. If you're, yeah. It depends which software you're, like, if you're doing SMS marketing, then opt-outs is, is automated. Sure. That's true. Okay. But the phone conversations, that's going to be a lead manager that's inputting that data. Correct. And, and then the appointments have, booked and the appointments attended would be the would be the acquisitions person, and then the uh, seller no appointment one of the either the lead manager or the acquisitions person, right? Appointment appointment booked if it's cold calling, we don't have our acquisition, so that would be lead manager because they're the ones that book the appointments. They book them, okay, gotcha. And then, but if it were something different, maybe it would be. But yeah, and some of you most, guys listening, you may have a lead manager that is an acquisitions manager. Yep. You may not have that second role if you don't yeah. need it yet or, or just haven't you know gotten to that point. We don't really have a lead manager. We just have three acquisitions managers, but we gamify it to where if somebody's kind of dropping the ball and they haven't followed up with somebody for a couple of weeks or their task is a couple days or even weeks old, anybody else can kind of jump in on it and take over. Yeah, you know, I love so, that. Again, it's just kind of your really own strategy, sure. of course, you know. It, but, and that's and that that's what I was getting at, David. Like so much of this, it has to be customized to people's situation. And I know if people are anything like me, it's like I just need to. Where do I get started? Like, how do I get started doing that? Let's talk about uh, that. that. That's that. That is a fabulous uh, question to ask, but it's also I think a good way to wrap up this conversation. Um, yeah. So you know, we've we've just gone on about how you're doing it and what you're tracking. So. That, 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 that's such a good question. So if you are brand new and you're just getting started at this and you're, and you're already doing some marketing, cause it, you know, that's, that's the business guys. And really after today's conversation with you, it's, it's sales and marketing. I, I always discount the sales, but that's like 95% of this business. It's only 95%. You opened my eyes up today to that. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm impressed, yeah. but let's, let's ask this question. So if you are new, you're doing some marketing where do you start? How do you get, how do you start at least having some sort of an understanding of your KPIs? I, I would just throw a spread, just get on a simple Google sheet, 
and well, first of all, your options are, um, first of all, your options are, do, do you even want to, I mean, is this, are you going to invest time in tracking this? Because maybe I'll be honest with you and David, I'm sure you've seen this. You can go make your first 10, 20, 30 grand. You don't need to be tracking stuff, but if you're yeah, just like, you don't need a business card or a website to, to do a deal. It helps, yeah. but it's not required. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we've had people go make their first 10, 20, 30, 50 grand, whatever. And then also, and then hire us or hire somebody else, hire somebody like us that'll actually help you do this. Sure. But it, so it depends on how you want to do that. If you just want to do it, then just get a simple spreadsheet and just like get the stuff that David listed out. I'm glad he was making a list of that, those things. That's exactly how we do it. And depending on the marketing source, just look at every step along the way, make a simple column, total number of leads that came in or whatever, right? If it's cold calling, sure. how many dials? And just simple spreadsheet. And then at the top, so that goes down the side and then across the top, Monday, next column, Tuesday, next column, Wednesday. So I think that the, 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 what I'm seeing here is that I have always overcomplicated it and I have not. So the answer is, is simple. That, that's where I'm going with this, guys. It, you don't have to have all these systems doing this and doing that. Just, just get a spreadsheet and just start manually tracking it. That's it, yeah. right? I think the reason people get so caught up with like their C, I don't know if this is what you're getting at, but like with their CRMs doing all this stuff and having so many things automated, I think number one, they think it's more complicated than it is or more time consuming than it actually is. And then, or number two, cause we could, there's the other option. You can just hire a VA to help you with these things. It's not all they need is a login to a couple different things, right? Like they, they would just need a couple basic logins and they would be able to track. They can go pull the data, right? They could, they could pull it. And again, I don't want to get too technical into all that stuff. Uh, we all, it's funny as real estate investors, uh, we use a lot of different softwares to do a lot of different things. We, right? I mean, I have so many softwares, <laughs> but we use them all, you know, we, and every, and everybody that comes out with the latest, greatest CRM is going to try to sell us on the fact that this is the last thing. And the only thing that you're going to need, it's going to do everything. And like, this has been going on for years in the industry. And, and, um, you know, it's a very potentially lucrative business when you're charging people 200, 400, $800 a month or whatever, um, of Man, some of the some of the richest guys I know are the owners of these CRM companies. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's residual. There's no money like residual money, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, that's fantastic. I'm, there's nothing wrong with it. We use CRMs. We 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 love them. I'm just I'm saying a lot of people are getting I think too caught up on a couple things when they're trying to get started or when they're trying to, when their business is in its infancy. I think they're getting like if you want automated follow up sequencers, then get an awesome CRM and set it up. And let that thing run like what David's talking about, especially if you've got a lot of leads and you don't know what to do with it, then you can do that. Or you can do what you said without a CRM and you can drop a, you can drop an RVM to them or drop a voice, a voice broadcast to them and hit your thousand, five thousand leads or whatever, hit those things all at the same time and get the phones ringing that way right away or right. get a fault get a crm that will do a follow-up sequencer so you can stay up front in front of these people that's fine i don't know about you i don't know what percentage of your deals come from long-term follow-up oh our but, average deal is four to six months okay i do and know that, that average. that's because you're that's because you're cold calling no, no no i'm just saying on in general so you know we've i've been in business for i guess a little over six years at this point full-time yeah. and um Whenever we go close a deal, we, we, we don't really track it that well, but we're always curious, right? And over about six years worth of data, uh, the average time from when the, then the first lead point of contact, 
Yeah, first yeah, point first, of point, first point of contact. Now that doesn't mean that that's the phone conversation, guys. That can we be track, later. We track that. We track that too. We track a right. lot more. Things than but what from I when the lead that. comes in, the first point of contact to when we get paid is five months. Okay. Now some of them are are ten days, the rare ones, right? Some of them are five and a half years. So, and here's the thing, guys. As I go from six years in business to ten. I would only expect that average to get longer because I'm going to be closing deals that have been in the system longer. Right. Right. So, I mean, wouldn't it make sense that by the time I'm in this business, 15 years, that the average is going to be nine or 10 or 11, or maybe even a whole year. It, it, it doesn't is. mean I'm not going to be closing deals the same week that we do still do once or twice a month. Right. But on, but you know, big numbers, they're going to average out. So I love that. I, well, and, and, and I think you're making the same point. My point in saying that is people are getting way too caught up in some of this stuff and like closing ratios on your first appointment. I mean, we, of, of all the contracts that we get, even as we have a massive focus on sales, we didn't even get to get into that today, David, about. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing you back on, bro. Like, this is great. We got, I mean, the stuff that we get into on acquisitions and we go deep on it as far as maximum, I think we have the best, highest level sales training that exists in the industry. Sorry if that sounds arrogant. No. Um, like we, I think, and I think we're as good on dispositions as anybody I'm aware of. Um, so we didn't even get to get into that stuff, but even the top salespeople, if you look at their closing ratios, I think what you'll probably find is there's 30 to 30 to 40 to 50%, somewhere in that range, the top salespeople. But people get so caught up on those numbers anyway, because you can, you can just like you can manipulate the ROI numbers on marketing, you can not on purpose, but they can be manipulated so easily for, from all these variables. It's the same with like your closing ratio on appointments. Like you can just choose to not go on an appointment and it'll make your ratio go higher. Make your ratio go better. Because, right. But if you're going to all, you're going to have a lower ratio, but you're also going to be quite closing more deals too, though. So, so people like we have clients, they want to know, they want to ask what a good closing ratio is. And I'm like, but I already told you that you didn't even set up a criteria that was that didn't have discretion when it comes to canceling appointments or attending appointments. There's not you're allowing discretion there. So I, I, we can track your closing ratio all day. We haven't turned this into a science. We haven't turned this into a systematic thing to where your closing ratio is even going to matter yet. But just F, then I'll answer their question, you know, <laughs> but just FYI, a good closing ratio for a rock star closer is going to be 35 to 45, maybe even 50%, uh, depending on what your criteria is on requiring them to attend certain appointments. Yep. And that's the thing, you know, how, what, what does it take to qualify basically? Right. And, and, and the qualified ones are going to deserve the appointment, but if you are, you know, disqualifying people for, you know, reasons that they maybe shouldn't be, then you're going to probably have a higher closing rate, but you're not going to be doing as many deals. So yeah. So totally, yeah, all those, there's, so there's a lot of variables, man. There really is. That's why we track. That's why we track everything. So that's why tracking is important to us. It's not actually, we are anti, like if left to our own selves, we would be anti-tracking people. But as we built out businesses, you know, we've got a couple of different businesses. I'm sure you do too. As you do that, it starts and you start bringing on more personnel, then the processes start to become more important. And, and what is a process if it's not scientific? What is a process if it's not repeatable, if it's not duplicatable? And so anyway, that's why we're passionate about it. I'm actually just an old school sales guy that loves this stuff. We just, as business people have, have been forced to get better at things. Me too. So, yep. I love it. Alan, thank you 
so much for coming on. I am incredibly grateful for your time. And I'm going to have to have you back on here in the next couple of weeks. And we're going to talk more about sales training. But before we wrap up this episode, tell the audience, the viewers, how they can get in contact with you. And also give us a little bit of information about, because I'm sure this is a product that you're, that you're selling. You know, tell us a little bit about the sales training side of the business. Sure. Yeah. We've got a company called REI Game Changers. So people check us out, reigamechangers.com. Uh, or email me, alan at reigamechangers.com. Uh, that's fine if you want to. I'll make sure that either me or my assistant sees, sees that and gets back to people. Um, so yeah, just check, check that out. And we are taking on kind of limited numbers of clients. We actually are believers in coaching and in, in a coaching program. And so we specialize in taking people that are doing you know one or two deals periodically, and helping them scale up to where they're doing one or two deals per week consistently. Uh, we've got now quite a track record of uh, being able to do that with people. And you can probably tell that's really our passion. I love helping these people. Uh, you know, we've done our thing. I know you're the same way, David, like we've done our thing. We've made money, you know, praise God. We've got rental properties. I've got Airbnb. I've got vacation rentals that we own that we've done well with and that we can go to whenever we want. We've traveled and, We've done all these things. My passion is when we see, when we get to see other people. Isn't it amazing? It's the best. Student, like have just a, a awesome success. It's, it's so the cool. best. It's so fun. Yeah. No, it's it, the best. It, it, I mean, we, we have clients and like, honestly, we almost get worried about them because it's like um, they're posting things in the group. And this happens, you know, again, praise God, this happens quite often where it's like, hey, I had my first $75,000 month. I had my first $100,000 month or whatever. And we're like, our team, what we've learned now over, over the years is like, we reach out to these people because we're like, okay, don't screw this up. <laughs> like, <good job. laughs> That's right. Like, like we, okay, we need to talk. Um, and, and we, and we really do. But now we're in, we're in close communication with people all along the way, because like I said, we're believers in coaching and in customized and customized coaching as much as we can. Look, there's only so many hours in the day. We, so we can only take on so many clients and at different times we have people reach out and like, we don't have a spot or we don't have a spot in your market because we have clients all over the country. Yes, that happens, but we are absolutely passionate about passionate. And I think pretty good at taking people from doing, like I said, one or two deals sporadically to doing one to two deals per week, like clockwork. That's really what REI game changers is all about. I love the name, by the way. I think that is, I mean, it's exactly what you guys are doing too. You're, you're taking real estate investors and you're changing the game. You're taking them from one to two deals here and there to one to two deals a week. And I think the most important word in this whole sentence is consistently, right? Mm -hmm. So guys, check out reigamechangers.com. Alan, this has been an amazing episode. It's been one of the longer ones, but I have had a phenomenal time on this. I have learned a ton, which is so cool. And I am just so incredibly grateful to have you as a friend, have you in the mastermind group with us and just to have some of your time today. So again, thank you so much for coming on. And I, I'm trying, you know, I'm 100% sincere about that. I'm not just saying that, like, I am incredibly grateful to have you as a friend and know you. And of course, to have some of your time today. So thank you so, so much. And guys, I think the two biggest takeaways for me, everyone's going to have their own opinion on this, but one, it is who, not how right? That is such an important lesson that we talked about an hour ago at this point, but it, it holds a lot of weight, right? And then the second thing is, is KPIs don't have to be complicated. Start simple, 
use a spreadsheet and just start tracking things. And I think as you, you know, start doing it, you're going to figure out, Hey, we should probably start tracking this and we should add this. And well, maybe this is irrelevant. You're just going to get better at it. But if you don't start, then you're going to be like me six years into the game. And you're not really going to know your numbers very well. I know we're profitable and the CPA helps a ton, giving us a balance sheet and all that type of stuff. Right. An income statement. But I couldn't tell you, you know, the exact cost per lead or cost per deal or cost per appointment. And that's something that I've really, really been wanting to start doing. And Alan, you've given me the courage to just say, you know what, this doesn't need to be that hard. Let's just start somewhere. Let's start tracking it. And let's, let's go from there. So Again, guys, reigamechangers.com. Check it out. Alan, thank you so much for coming on the show today, buddy. Woo! You're the man. Awesome, awesome. All right, guys, wrapping up. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Signing off. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.